Amen. Amen. Good, good singing, good songs tonight. How appropriate for the passage of Scripture we're going to be looking at tonight. John chapter 15. And we're right now taking an eight-week study of the last words of Jesus to his followers before he goes to the cross. Very significant words. And we've seen in the last two weeks, when we started in chapter 14, that Jesus was using this time to prepare his disciples for what was coming. His death on the cross, and even subsequent after his post-resurrection appearances, that he was going to go back to heaven. And he was going to leave them. And so he wanted to prepare them for that. And he had been preparing them actually for three years for this time, but he really wanted to take what he had been saying to them and teaching to them for three years and now bring it all together and remind them things that he's already talked to them about. And one of the things I wanted to say right up front is we must remember that whatever God is trying to teach us now, whatever God is wanting us to learn now is a preparation for something that he knows is coming down the road. We don't know it, but he knows it. And therefore, that's one of the great things about being connected to God, the eternal God, the one who is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, is he knows what's coming, we don't. Therefore, the things that he's trying to do in our lives, the preparation that he's trying to bring into our lives is something that he wants to lay into our lives so that we will be prepared and ready for what is about to come in our lives, whatever that is. And he will suit that to our specific need to our specific situation. If there's one phrase that I want you to take away from tonight in order to remember the entire passage, summarizing it, what we're going to talk about tonight, it is simply this. Fellowship equals fruitfulness. Fellowship equals fruitfulness. Jesus is going to talk about being a fruitful Christian. He wants to talk to us about being productive. And Jesus is going to say the way you and I are fruitful and productive is by maintaining fellowship with him. One other thing before we dive into the passage tonight. This is why it's so important that we study the Bible in context. Because when we do, we realize that what Jesus is talking about in this passage is fellowship. He's not talking about having a relationship with God. And that's why you'll probably see as we go down through here, many people, when they come to a passage like this, they get tripped up and they believe that some of these verses and some of these principles that Jesus is sharing is talking about someone being able to lose their salvation. And the reason they end up with that interpretation is because they start out with the presupposition that what Jesus is talking about is a relationship with God, not fellowship with God. And when we look at it from the fellowship standpoint, we understand that that puts a whole different look to the passage rather than a relationship. And as I share with people, I'm not, this is not a message on eternal security tonight, but I do want to mention this since it's applicable to where we're going a little bit tonight is we must always remember there is a difference between relationship and fellowship. And that's why we have to make sure that when we come to the Bible and we're interpreting the Bible, is the verses and is the passage talking about a relationship with God or fellowship with God? For instance, I always use myself as an example. I was born in 1961 as a son to Bob and Shirley Royce. I was born into the Royce family. I became their son. And there's nothing that I can ever do to change that. 
Once I was born as their son, that's it. I have a relationship with them. Now, fellowship is a different story. Fellowship has to do with how healthy the relationship is. And uh, especially during my teenage years and late teenage years, the fellowship with my parents wasn't very good. Didn't mean we didn't have a relationship. We did. But the fellowship wasn't there because we weren't on the same page, if you will. So anyway, that's where Jesus is going tonight. Now, he starts out, too, in this passage by talking about something that to the disciples would have been very familiar. To us, maybe not quite so much, unless we were born or have spent a lot of time in, say, an area like the Napa Valley. Because Jesus is using the illustration of the vineyard. And let's think about that. He's just had the Passover with his disciples, the Last Supper, and in that there was wine. And then he's getting ready to take the disciples right after he speaks into the Garden of Gethsemane, where there's not only olives, but where there are grapes and trellises of grapes. And let's not forget that these men and these women who lived in this time lived in a very agrarian society where they saw grapes growing and and that all the time. And even on the temple, Josephus tells us, the great Jewish historian, that in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, that vineyards and grapes uh, became a great uh, ornamentation around the temple. He describes it in great detail and says that that there were literally, uh, you know, vineyards, uh, vines embossed around the temple with big clusters of, of grapes in gold around the Jewish temple. So this is an image, what I'm trying to say, that was very familiar to the disciples. And that's why Jesus starts out in John 15 with these words. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now again, remember, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for his going away. And so one of the things that Jesus is is trying to accomplish here is he's trying to tell the disciples, look guys, you're going to be productive. You're going to be able to be fruitful even after I leave. That has nothing to do with your productivity. You think you're productive and fruitful for God now. He's going to tell them, it's actually going to be to your advantage that I go away and send the Holy Spirit into your life, as we talked about last week, because then He's with you all the time, and you're going to even see that you can be even more productive and more fruitful. So Jesus is trying to get them to see that. But the point He's trying to make throughout this is, you and I cannot be fruitful and productive without maintaining fellowship with Jesus. Let's go, first of all, and let's bear down on a couple of these key words. The true vine. The word true here means real vine, genuine vine, ideal vine. Even in the Greek language, it has the idea of transcending anything else. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, compared to anything else that you try to seek life from, seek strength from, seek nourishment from, which is what a vine is, he says, I'm the true vine. If you want to attach yourself, connect yourself to anyone or anything in life, I'm the true vine. I'm the only one that can really give you life, which is why last week we saw the verse, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We can only really have real life, the kind of life that God wants us to have and created us to have through Jesus Christ. 
And, and we can only really have strength through him. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can only truly be nourished and satisfied and fulfilled if I am connected to the true vine. So we must ask ourselves the question, has there been a time in my life where I attached myself, in a sense, to the true vine? Or am I still trying to go through life seeking fulfillment, satisfaction, life, strength, all these other things from some other vine, if you will, other than Jesus Christ? He said, I am the true vine. And then he says, my father, God, the father is the gardener. This word means the one who takes responsibility to oversee and care for the vineyard. The clusters of grapes. And one of the things we're going to see again in this passage tonight is that the entire Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit works on our behalf. Not only to bring us to a relationship with God, but also to guarantee that we will be productive and fruitful. People are looking for something to give them purpose in life, and yet they're trying to do it apart from Christ. And Jesus here is saying, I'm the true vine. You want purpose in your life? You want to feel productive? You want to feel fruitful in your life? Attach yourself to me and then maintain that. Then he goes on to say, he takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. Now, two key words I want you to see are the last two words there in that sentence, in me. Which again implies that what Jesus here is talking about is not relationship, it's fellowship. These, these branches are already in him. They already have a relationship with him. So everything Jesus is talking about, in fact, he uses the phrase in me many times throughout this passage to just clearly tell us, I'm not talking about a relationship here. You're already in me. I'm talking about fellowship. Which is why, again, can I say that I like the Net Bible. Most of the time I agree with the translation. But here's one, but also I, I looked at the NIV because my wife used the NIV. I think it says cuts off. Very unfortunate English translations of the meaning of the Greek here. Because when you hear the meaning of the Greek here, it gives a totally different perspective on what's happening here. This is a situation where, I'm just going to use this as an illustration, where the cluster of grapes has fallen off the trellis and maybe landed in the dirt. And what Jesus is saying is that God, instead of just cutting off or taking away that, will lift that and raise it higher in order for it maybe to get sunlight and, and do what it can to lift it up when it has fallen into the dirt to continue to be productive. That's what the word means, to lift up or to raise higher. Totally different picture, isn't it? Than what you might get in the English. And yet when you think about the way a gardener works with the vineyard, that's exactly what he would do. If he found something not getting sunlight, something that was laying down, he would lift it up and raise it higher so that it could be more productive. That should be very encouraging to you tonight. If you're struggling, you've fallen, maybe you feel like you're in the dirt spiritually. Listen, God's character is not one that if you're in Christ, he's going to come along and just, that's it. 
He's going to try to do everything he can to encourage you, to, to raise you up, to lift you up so that you can be productive because that's the whole goal of being in Christ. Is not just to have a relationship with Christ and be saved and be on your way to heaven and have your sins forgiven, but in this life to be fruitful and productive in Him. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 42, verse 3. He says, a bruised reed God will not break. A dim wick He will not extinguish. In other words, the picture is that if God came along and saw a reed that was a little bent, God's character is not, eh, it's bent a little bit, crack, I'm done with it. No, God will do everything He can to nurse that back to health, to restore that. That's what God does in people's lives. That's what God has done in many of our lives. That, that even maybe after we came to Christ, maybe we drifted from Christ, maybe we, we went through a season of disobedience and rebellion to God. God didn't cut us off. God did everything He could to continue to reach out to us in love and to restore us and to get us productive again and to get us going again. And many of us could give testimony of that fact. That that even after I became a Christian, I went through maybe a dry season in my life spiritually. But God has restored me. That's what's happening here. He wants to lift you up. He wants to raise you higher so that you can be productive again. And he does this notice with every branch that does not is not bringing forth productivity or fruit in him. Then the second thing the gardener will do, verse 2, is he also will prune every branch, every branch that bears fruit. So even branches that are bearing fruit A good gardener is going to prune those branches so that they can even be more productive. The word prune here means to free from entanglements, to purify, to cleanse. And that's exactly what any of you who work with plants, you understand this is what has to happen in order for a plant to be more productive. Every once in a while, you've got to go in there and you've got to take things that are entangling that plant, maybe some dead things around it or whatever, and clean it out so that it can be more productive. In fact... Many of you know that sometimes you have to cut it way back in order to be even more productive. My wife, over the years that we've been married, she loves plants and whatever, and I I don't even have any told her this, but there's been times where she's cut plants back, and I'm like, that thing ain't never going to (laughs) grow. She she cut that back way too far. I mean, she left nothing. That's what it looks like, right? It looks like... You know, there's nothing left. And yet, guess what? Out of, it looks like being cut back too far, more fruitfulness comes. Guess what? That's what God wants to do in our lives. And that's what God will do. Every branch that bears fruit, He will prune. And let's not forget that pruning can be painful. That's why God, our God, allows us to go through times of suffering and trial and whatever. He's not doing it to be mean. He's actually doing it so that we will actually be more productive and more fruitful. And God will wait for a while, but eventually the loving gardener is going to come into our lives and He's going to begin to take away things that shouldn't be there. If we don't choose to take them away ourselves. Because He wants us to be fruitful. 
He wants us to be free from the entanglements that are keeping us in life from being more fruitful and more productive. And again, he does it with every branch. None of us are exempt. Anyone who's a Christian is going to get pruned throughout their life. Because God's goal is, I want my children to be fruitful and productive. So again, hopefully some of you will be encouraged tonight. Maybe you're going through a tough time right now. Don't think that God's abandoned you or doesn't care. Just the opposite. God is very involved in your life. He's personally involved in your life to the point that he is pruning you maybe and getting rid of some things that shouldn't be there in order for you and me to be more productive and more fruitful. And one of the questions I always ask myself when I go through this passage is, what does God want to free from from my life? What does he want to take out? In my life. What am I involved with that I shouldn't be? It might not even be something bad. Remember, the book of Hebrews says that God wants us to get rid of every weight in order to run with endurance. And a weight doesn't necessarily have to be something bad. It's just something that, like for a runner in Bible times, it slowed them down. That's why runners in Bible times in the Olympics, I told you before, practically ran naked because they didn't want anything to slow them down. And God is saying to us in our lives, is there something in your life that's slowing you down? That, that's entangled you? And keeping you from being as fruitful and productive as you could be. Then notice verse 3. You are clean already, he told his disciples, because of the word that I have spoken to you. The word clean here means to be freed and fitted to bear fruit. He's saying, look, there's nothing else. You are fitted to bear fruit right now because of the word that I have spoken to you. That's how key the word of God is. If you want something in your life to fit you and free you to be fruitful and productive, it is the word of God. That's what Jesus says in verse 3. And then verse 4. Here comes the key to the entire passage. Remain in me and I will remain in you. This is a word of fellowship. It means to abide, to continue, to endure, to persevere. It describes in the Bible fellowship with God. Again, Jesus isn't talking about having a relationship. He's talking about fellowship. And he's saying, you want to be fruitful? You want to maintain fruitfulness? Remain in me. Continue to fellowship with me. That's why Jesus told Martha in the Gospel of Luke when she was busy all with all these things of the household and Mary was taking time to sit at Jesus' feet and, and she wanted Jesus to rebuke her sister Mary and instead Jesus commended Mary and said, Martha, one thing is needful. And Mary's chosen that. To sit at my feet and to fellowship with me. Because without fellowship, You don't have the proper perspective on all the stuff you want to do anyway. You don't have the strength. You won't have the strength to sustain, to do all the things that that you should do anyway. The first thing you need to do is learn to fellowship with me. It's so sad that as Christians, we accept Christ as our Savior. We become a Christian. We become saved. And then we forget that the most important thing we need to focus on after salvation is just maintaining fellowship with Christ. And if we do that, everything else in our life will take care of itself. That's the beauty of what Jesus is going to teach tonight. We're going to get to that in just a minute. 
So notice he goes on to say in verse 4, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, it's not able, it doesn't have the capability by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Fellowship equals fruitfulness. Without fellowshipping with God, without knowing what that means and learning to do it and being in God's presence and soaking Him up and just living in Him, filled with the Spirit. We've talked about that concept on Sunday. Jesus says a Christian cannot be fruitful without fellowship. It's impossible. It can't happen. A Christian isn't fruitful just because they're saved. That's what Jesus is teaching here. There's a difference between being a fruitful Christian and a Christian. A person can be a Christian by simply placing their faith in Jesus Christ. But a Christian cannot be fruitful apart from fellowship and learning to fellowship with Christ. By the way, really interesting in the Greek language, this word remain, this word that speaks about fellowship, also has the concept of relaxing. In a sense, what Jesus here is saying is, you as a Christian, and he's talking here to me, I need to learn to relax and allow God to do what he wants to do in my life. That's what fellowship is. Relax and let him do what he wants to do. Now, I'm going to use an extreme example, but it's really important for me, because if you knew how much I hated to go to the dentist, you would understand So you go to the dentist, and the dentist says, Relax, Jeff. Sit there in the chair. Let me do what I need to do. And there have been times where I had to go to the dentist, and I was in unbelievable pain. You know, the whole root canal thing, all these different things. And if I wanted the dentist to truly help me get rid of the pain... I had to relax and let the dentist do what he could do. And Jesus, in a sense, by using this word, is saying the same thing. Christian, you need to learn to relax in me and rest in me and let me do in your life what I want to do. Because my goal is only to make you more fruitful and more productive. Quit fighting me. Quit struggling against me. Just relax and let me do what I want to do. The other thing I want you to, I want to point out is this. Notice in this passage that Jesus doesn't ask us as Christians to focus on the fruit and how much fruit and all that. Because that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is staying in fellowship or staying connected to the vine. That's all a branch has to do. A branch doesn't have to worry about the fruit. All the branch has to do is make sure that the branch stays connected to the vine. If the branch stays connected to the vine, the fruit will come. That's the beauty of it. I don't have to think about the fruit and how much fruit and all that. The fruit will come naturally out of the fellowship that the branch has with the vine. And Jesus is saying the same thing to the Christian. You don't have to worry about your fruitfulness and your productivity. All you have to concentrate on is remaining in me, staying in fellowship with me, and the fruit will just flow. So once again in verse 5, he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Because apart from me, 
separated from me, independent from me, you can accomplish nothing. That's a pretty bold statement. Now, what Jesus here is talking about is nothing lasting, nothing eternal, nothing of significant value. Obviously, even an unbeliever can accomplish something in their life. But at the end of the day, what does it really mean? In fact, years ago, and I apologize, I don't know the book that I read this from. I know the author. His name is Patrick Morley. If you've never read any books by Patrick Morley, he's very challenging. And one of the things that Patrick Morley said in one of his books that I can't remember, said this, failure is succeeding in a way that doesn't really matter. Folks, that's what our world is filled with. People who are succeeding, but they're succeeding in something that at the end of the day in eternity, a million years from now, isn't going to matter. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He said, if you want to live your life to the point where it will really count, that, that a billion years from now, it will still matter. It will still be of value. It will still be of weight. Then stay connected to me. Because if you stay connected to me in fellowship, you'll be fruitful and that fruit will remain. It'll, it'll mean something. It'll be worth something. It will be of eternal value. That's why Jesus told his followers, don't accumulate things on earth, but lay up treasure in heaven. In other words, live for eternal things. Don't live for the temporary things. We talked about that Sunday, how the devil wants to come along in our lives and, and seek the instant gratification that we, as human beings, just sort of naturally gravitate to. Giving up the, the uh, eternal for the temporary. Taking shortcuts in our lives. And Jesus here is saying, don't do it. Because apart from me, apart from fellowshipping with me, we can accomplish nothing that is truly lasting, eternal, and of value. But the cool thing is just the opposite is true. Remaining in him, in fellowship with him, and then just living our lives, we will be bearing fruit that will last throughout eternity. See, the fruit that Jesus is talking about here is just evidence of his life in us. That's what, that's what spiritual fruit is. Just like on a tree, a fruit is evidence that that tree has life. It's healthy. And Jesus is saying that in our lives, if we're truly a Christian and then living in fellowship with him, there will be evidence of his life in us to others. Others will see it. We'll see it. And that's what Jesus wants to produce. Then he says in verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown out like a branch, dries up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. And this is the verse that many people say, aha, you can lose your salvation. That's not what Jesus means here at all. Again, this is in the context of not a relationship, but fellowship. He's simply saying this, that over time, if a Christian continues to not fellowship with me, then here's what's going to happen. They're going to lose fellowship. They're going to lose vitality. And they're going to lose reward. They're still going to be in me. But as the Bible says in many other places, once they get to eternity, there's going to be not much else to show for it. The words thrown out like a branch means to be given over to outside forces. In other words, Jesus is saying, and we've seen this, 
there comes a point in a Christian's life when they just depart from God and go their own way and have no more fellowship with him over a period of time that basically God gives them over to the outside forces that they're chasing after. And those outside forces begin to take control of their life rather than God anymore. And they begin to become consumed by those outside forces. They become driven by those outside forces. They become destroyed by those outside forces other than the true vine. The drying up in verse 6 pictures a withering and wasting away. How sad. Jesus says, I came to give you a life and to give it more abundantly. And God's heart and desire for each one of his children who are connected to him is to have such fellowship with him that they are bright and they're bursting with life and they're juicy if you understand the fruit term there and they're they're you know they're colorful and 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 they're just attractive and all those things that we think about with fruit but when someone is cut off from fellowship with god for a long enough period of time eventually that fruit becomes dried up and withered and 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 ugly and and not even good to taste anymore like not even good to look at anymore and that's why Jesus says, really, the destiny then is that they're just burned up. They're consumed. And that's exactly what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 when he says that there will be some Christians who, when they get to the Bema judgment seat, as far as their Christian life goes, they themselves will be saved, but as by fire. Everything else in their life is burned up for the most part because, again, They weren't living their lives in fellowship with God. Therefore, their life really wasn't consisting of anything of lasting value or or eternal or whatever. And it was all burned up. And there's no reward there. But notice verse 7. If you remain in me, and notice this, and my words remain in you. This is the means of his abiding in us. Many Christians say, how does Jesus abide in me? Through his word. Again, that's why the word is so important. You want to know, how does Jesus abide in me? He does it through his word. That's why we need to get into the word of God. Then he says, by the way, this fellowship that you experience with me will eventually transform your prayer life. First of all, it'll make you become more of a prayer Christian, a praying Christian, because that's part of what fellowship is. The more I fellowship with God, the more I want to, and the the more I do that, the more I want to pray and communicate and talk to God, and the more I do that, the more I want to, and it just builds upon itself. So that's why Jesus says in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Of course, we talked about the, the clarification of that last week. That doesn't mean that whatever I want, that God is some heavenly Santa Claus up there just wanting to give me whatever I want. That's not what that means. Listen to last week's Tuesday night message. Then verse 8. My Father is honored, magnified, praised, celebrated by this, that you bear much fruit. We also know we're in fellowship with God whenever we're not living for our own glory, but we're living to bring glory to God, because that's part of what that fellowship will do. The more we fellowship with God, the more we will want to direct all praise and all honor and all glory to Him instead of taking it for ourselves. And then he says, and show that you are my disciples. 
Sorry, I'm checking the time. Okay. Very significant that Jesus uses the word disciples here, not followers. Because again, there's a difference between being a follower of Christ and being a disciple of Christ. When you read the Gospels the next time, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, slow down and take time to see the difference between how Jesus handled people who he just wanted to come and follow him, and then the demands of discipleship later on as they continued to follow him. That's why the Bible says that many of those who started to follow him just stopped because the demands of being a disciple were just too much for them to to take. And that's why Jesus would say, if you want to be my disciple, you must be willing to take up your cross daily and follow me. If you want to be my disciple, you've got to be willing to forsake everything and follow me. Because there's a difference between being a disciple and being a follower. It's the difference between being a Christian and being a fruitful Christian. Because the word disciple not only means a learner, it means to increase. And if I want to increase, if I want to be more fruitful, if I want to be more productive then the demands of discipleship are much higher than the demand to be a Christian. The demand of being a Christian is just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The demands of being a disciple are much different because it takes more commitment, more devotion. It's true in anything in life. The more you and I put into something, the more we're going to get out. And that's why many Christians aren't getting very much out of their Christian life because they're putting very little effort or commitment or devotion into it in the area, especially of fellowship. I'm not trying to be legalistic here at all. I'm not talking about rules and regulations. I'm talking about just maintaining our commitment to fellowship with Christ. Because as Jesus says, if you and I do that, everything else will take care of itself. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit, Jesus says. John 15, 5. That's all we have to worry about. The problem is we get so distracted in living our lives, even as Christians, that we'll go through days, sometimes weeks, and start to think, have I really spent time with God lately? How sad. Then we wonder why we're not so fruitful or productive. The answer is really simple. Fellowship equals fruitfulness. Let me go on here in just a few other verses. Just as the Father has loved me. That's that's an incredible statement here that Jesus is about to make. Because the love that the Trinity has for each other, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy, they love each other on an unbelievable level that we can't even hardly wrap our minds around. But notice what Jesus is saying here. Just as the Father has loved me, I also love you? Don't miss that. That's how much Jesus loves you. Jesus is saying to his followers, I love you as much as the Father, God the Father, loves me. So he says, remain, abide, continue, endure in my love. 
In fact, that's really the only way, folks, that I have learned that we really as Christians can endure and persevere in the Christian life, which is so important because, again, the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. The only way that we can endure and persevere throughout our life with all the trials and the different things that life brings, all the obstacles, the spiritual warfare we talked about on Sunday, the only way we can endure and persevere is through fellowship with Jesus Christ. You show me a Christian who's in fellowship with Christ and I'll show you a Christian who's able to to have the strength to deal with whatever life is bringing. You show me a Christian who's out of fellowship with Christ and I'll show you a Christian who is struggling to not drown, if you will, under the waters of life. Fellowship equals fruitfulness but in this context another thing that jesus here is saying is fellowship with me also equals endurance and perseverance you want to be a christian and you want to be fruitful for the long haul and sustain it just stay in fellowship with me and here's the thing i'll I'll wrap this up here If we've been a Christian for any length of time, we know, if we're honest, that there were times in our life where we went through seasons where we were out of fellowship with Jesus. Where spending time with Him in prayer, in His Word, in presence, in in, with other believers, that was not a high priority. And if we were honest, we struggled. We started to dry up spiritually, our perspective, our attitude, everything in our life changed simply because we were out of fellowship with God. But something happened... Somebody or something that God did, pruning, whatever, got to us to the point where we were restored and we came back into fellowship with God and all of a sudden, everything in our life started to change. Folks, that same thing can happen with other people because just like it's happened in our lives, we know of other people, other Christians that 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 is happening to right now. At one time in their life, man, they were in fellowship with God every day. They were like Mary. They were sitting at the feet of Jesus and they were soaking up all the nourishment and strength and life that Jesus wanted to give them. He wanted to pour his life into them. And man, they were living in victory and they were, they were living strong and, and, and their life, but something happened. Maybe it was just life. I don't know, but that fellowship with God, it's not there anymore. And they're struggling to keep their head above water. And the simple answer, the biblical answer is, all they have to do is say, Jesus, I know what the answer is. I just need to start spending time with you. And just like we said Sunday, just taking that step, making that change makes all the difference in the world because then we begin to accumulate strength and nourishment and life from Jesus just by recommitting ourselves to fellowship with Christ. Now, I realize there's not one of us here even tonight that if I ended this by saying, you know, how many of us believe that we could fellowship with Christ more and improve that more, we all would have to say, yeah, you know what? I, I could spend more time with Christ. But I, I want to speak not so much to, to all of us tonight, because again, 
Could all of us spend more time with Jesus? Yes. But I want to speak to that one maybe here tonight that you know as a branch, you've been disconnected from the vine for quite a while. And you're struggling. You're struggling to endure. You're struggling to persevere. And you know, if you're honest, you're just not fruitful right now. there's, There's real lack of productivity in your life. And it's just simply because you detached yourself from the only one that can really give you that life. And that is the true vine, Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying to you tonight and to all of us tonight, come to me. Come to me. Remain in me. Relax. Rest and allow me to do what I want to do in your life. And you can be fruitful and productive and begin to endure and persevere once again. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit loves us so much that you didn't just have a plan to to save us and bring us into a relationship with you, but your plan also included that while we were here on earth, even before we got to heaven and to glory with you, that you were going to fill us with purpose and productivity and fruitfulness and, and, and give us such fulfillment and satisfaction if we would just learn to fellowship with our Savior, to spend time nurturing the relationship that we already have. Just as we do with human relationships, just as we do with friends that we value, we want, we seek them out, we make the time to spend with them because we want the relationship to continue. We want it to grow. That God, we've got to do the same thing with you. Our relationship with you will never grow if we put no effort into it. Our relationship with you, our time with you will will never become what it could be if we lack fellowship. So God, tonight, as we talk about fellowship tonight, equaling fruitfulness and equaling endurance and perseverance, God, I pray tonight that we will focus on fellowship and that more than anything else, God, in the days and weeks ahead, that as you speak to our hearts, that we will make the commitment to simply spend time with you. God, that's all we have to do. And I realize for many of us, that's that's a big deal because there's so many things that can take our time and, and, and we can fill our schedules with. But yet, Lord, that's all we really do have to concentrate on. If we will simply just consistently spend time with you in fellowship, all these other areas of our life will take care of themselves. And all the other things that, that, Lord, we get concerned about, they'll start to fall into place and they'll start to get figured out if we just fellowship with you. So God, I pray tonight that if nothing else, that you have created in us a thirsting once again and a hunger for you. So much so, Lord, that as soon as we wake up, we we can't wait to come into your presence. That during the day, we just can't wait to 
at times just stay connected to you. And, and we don't even want to end the day without first, Lord, speaking with you and coming to you. God, help us to be a people who model fellowship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks,